0: Welcome back to walking away from Arcadia. We are back with another episode on our less than regular, you know, 2019 schedule, and this is going to be more of the normal episodes. So we're not talking about a storyteller vault release or doing an interview. Uh, We wanted to just pick a topic. It was something we realized would have really fit into our old format and we never got around to. And that is talking about seemings a little bit and specifically. Talking about childer, so this kind of popped up because I was at Gen Con and I was chatting at the White Wolf booth and I was having a conversation with with one of the the white wolf folks, and I asked, you know what's what do you think of changeling? I mean, I know it's far out, but what do you think of changeling?" And the long and short of the answer was it's too far out, we can't really tell you much because, you know, we still have Werewolf and Mage and Wraith and everything else to get through, but we did chat about it a little bit, and the topic of some of the things about Changeling that are different and challenging came up, and, you know, what are they going to do with the new edition? And there was just kind of an offhanded, you know, comment that came in the conversation about, you know, a lot of people don't like playing Childer, so what do they do with that? And you know at the time the conversation i was like ooh there's something there but i don't know i don't i don't quite have my head around it yet and i started thinking about it afterwards after i left and i'm like no there's there's a lot going on there about the people who do like playing childer and where do children fit in horror and there's a long tradition there but it's weird and not everyone feels the same way about it so I'd, you know, pitch to Simon, hey, let's actually do a an episode about this. It seems like there's a lot here and we've never talked about it. So Childer in Changeling the Dreaming and maybe horror gaming in general uh, is what we're going to be chatting about. So, um, Simon, I guess I will pitch over to you. How do you feel about playing children in Changeling generally, but maybe all the World of Darkness? Well,
1: I'm one of those people who actually likes playing children sometimes because children are delightfully fey. They're strange and upsetting and human and
0: they're just perfect for the game, really. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I really... Like playing children. I haven't done it in a long time, although to be fair, I haven't played World of Darkness much in a long time. I'm always the storyteller, never the bride. Um, but, you know, one of the first characters I played in World of Darkness was a child. I was in high school. I was unreasonably obsessed with Claudia from Interview with the Vampire. I loved her. Oh my god, I love her so much. She's the best. She, she makes was, me so happy. She was so upsetting. She was so upsetting, but she was also so understandable. Mm-hmm. I love really human monsters, and that's what she was. Like, Yeah. And, yeah, so I adored her. I played a child-embraced vampire, tremere, psychokinetic, deeply unstable creature. I adored that character. Um... You know years later i saw helsing if anyone's seen helsing and there's a child vampire and an episode of that that remind me very reminded me very much of my character um i i love putting children in horror i feel like they belong there but the thing i've learned is a not i won't say the that most world of darkness fans are like this i don't think that's true but a good slice of them don't like children in their games But I also find those same players just don't like children. Like, even from the abstract, oh, you're fascinating and disturbing standpoint that you described, there's just, like, an active dislike of children. And I'm sure that that's not true of everyone. I'm just putting that out there. There are probably lots of people that don't like playing children that actually do like kids. But there does seem to be a bit of a correlation.
1: Yeah, I've never noticed that, but I usually play with a very small... Uh, select group of people <laughs> uh, a
0: lot like yeah, online games this is more an observation from a couple times that I've run in LARP groups and been exposed to larger player bases um, mm-hmm. I never end up staying there but I, I dip my toe into that community periodically
1: mm-hmm. do you think that some of the dislike comes from bad role playing like people you know like fishmalks like people playing
0: kids who are just wild and wacky i i do think that's part of it um i also think another part and again i don't think this applies to everyone i think a lot of people who don't like playing children have very different reasons i don't think there's one answer but i think some people especially if they had maybe a a complicated or difficult childhood which i've had many friends who do and none of those friends like playing children um I I think that comes into play sometimes. I also think, you know, and something that, that you brought up when we were chatting about this episode ahead of time is like the idealization of children. We can't put a child in a horror story because they're too sweet and innocent and that would be awful in the wrong ways, which just does not resonate with me because childhood was so full of horror. <laughs>
1: yeah, and at the same time, it's really easy to fall into Really nasty tropes when you're the storyteller, and there are children characters in the game. Um, yes, I mean, you know, the the really really easy example of how to tell a bad storyteller is whether or not anybody anybody's character had to get an abortion or was raped during the course of the story. It's kind of the same thing with bad things happening to kids.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm trying to think. I've ever fallen into that trope and I don't I don't know if I have I do have kids show up in my stories periodically um in the current changeling game I'm running I just had a few kids show up Uh, a couple of them were childer a couple of them were kinane um and uh, you know the the childer it was a situation where um I had an area where Glamour had been manipulated and proper chrysalis had been suppressed in the area for a long time by a basically a very corrupt lost one and the party dealt with them and then suddenly all of these face holes were comfortable coming out because they weren't surrounded by the wrong kind of glamour and some of them were childer and the characters were like oh god what do we do with five chrysalises at once that's a lot Um, and then the flip side were kids in I wanted to tap the very screwy human affection relationships that I saw in a lot of the old Irish tales. So, and I I also wanted to use the Arona from the Player's Guide to bring some of that death fey in. So I had two kids who were basically abandoned um, and were taking care of a small farmstead in in a remote place by themselves. And they had their, had mummified their mother's body because their mother died. Um which is a little bit of culture crossing that I did there. That is a tradition in several areas and you live with the body for a while, but I had their mother's spirit using it to animate it to continue to help them. And they had this relationship with death where that was fine to them. And I wanted to do that because I knew it would kick some of my players in the gut because American concepts of death. And I wanted to have these characters that didn't have that relationship were like, I was kind of hoping I'd prompt a, oh, this is toxic, I have to stop it reaction. And then these characters are like, no, that's my mother. It didn't quite go that direction, partially because certain players were missing. But like I like that sort of thing, where like you take something that would be an everyday darkness that you experience as a child, and maybe you ramp it up because fantastical setting. You ramp it up to a fantastical level of this world with vampires and ghosts and, and changelings. What would this thing look like there? but that it's still treated as an authentic character piece. Um, That can be tricky to do, though. Yeah, I, I think a big part of the
1: reason people have trouble with children is that a lot of us are either embarrassed or ashamed of the things we wanted or did as children so we don't really or maybe we just don't even remember but we don't really want to get at that part of ourselves and i i think in a big way that leads to the you know the idealization or the demonization of children you know children are delicate angelic flowers or children are monsters that must be corrected being the two extremes of that and whenever i end up using characters in my game children characters in my games um More often, I'm playing them as a player character, but I have used them a couple of times as a storyteller, and I've generally used them as dark twists on, like, kids' stories. Um, The big one I remember using was... There was this cabal of child changelings who had... Who had all become homeless through circumstances of, you know, being a changeling and a kid who has to deal with both of those things and doesn't have super good social skills and their parents are completely normal. And they were going around kidnapping, essentially going around doing the Peter Pan thing. They were going around kidnapping girls because they needed a mommy and the player characters would have to go around and try to figure out where all these disappearances were going on and what was going on with that, because you know, it's going to bring down the hammer from the mortals, and when they got to that, they were very taken aback, because it was a a cross-splat plot, it was actually a mage game, (laughs) and they had no idea what to do, because they didn't want to, like, just throw these kids under the bus but at the same time amoral
0: child fey with sovereign yeah and that's something that i feel like is a ripe obvious place to explore in changeling but i don't i can't think of very many examples of it like i thought through the stories in the Changeling books I've read that have childer. There's the one in the C20 anthology with the little childer Puka who's running around with the Dragonkin. It's it was a it was a well-written story, but it was very straightforward. There's the story at the front of War for Concordia, where the childer is being stalked by the um the she just because you're a commoner, you're on the wrong side of the war. All changelings are part of the war. And they were kind of trying to like pull heartstrings on the oh what does it mean to be a childer with these conflicts and then the only other story I could think of with a childer is the one at the beginning of the Inanime book The Secret Way where you have the childer she who befriends the dryad and they painted that she is very like good guy she. She had a couple privilege moments like I don't get it but it was oh meat doesn't understand me okay Which is fine for an an anime book, but, like, that exploration of the sociopathy of innocence, like, I'm sweet and innocent, but part of being sweet and innocent is not understanding the repercussions of my actions and deeply, deeply banality triggering them the first time I have to face them. Like, no, I can do whatever I want, because it's fine, because I want to, because I'm a child. Oh, God, I hurt someone I cared about, and I have no tools to understand what that, that means. Like... I want game text that dives into that, that talks about like, what is a banality trigger to a seven-year-old? What does that mean? Um, yeah, and even like, if you're yeah. stepping
1: away from like the the human in the changeling having a having a morality moment and having a banality trigger, for kids, even just having to sit in the corner for five minutes can be a banality trigger sometimes. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh Lord! I remember babysitting my sister when I was young, and it's the truth um, yeah, there you was know one time I was babysitting a friend's kid,
1: and they just both of their both of the kids had just gotten up from their nap and they were the younger one was fine, and the older one was being a complete tool, and I took him aside, and I was like, "Okay, here's the deal. pick up a toy, take it to your room." You can do whatever you want with the toy in your room. And when you're ready to not be a jerk, you can come back. And then like half an hour later, I was wandering around. And he was standing in the door to his room crying his eyes
0: out because I didn't want him around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get that. Um, I still remember a conversation I had with my mother in like first or second grade, I was not a popular kid at that age. Um, I had one or two friends, but largely kids did not like me. And at one point I asked my mother, you know, why don't kids like me? And she did her best to be delicate but honest, which was my mother's approach to parenting. She said, Well, Victor, honestly, you trample kind of all over everyone else. And I went, What do you mean? What are you talking about? And she explained to me that, like, I would always be the one to jump in and say what food I wanted, what game, you know, we were going to play. And I'd never viewed that as ordering anyone around. I said, Oh, I just assumed everyone would do that. And she explained to me that most people aren't comfortable doing that. And that by jumping in, But every time, all the time, which I absolutely did as a kid, I was making sure that none of them felt like they had a right to say anything. She told me this in, like, first grade. That imprinted is a memory that I've never been able to get rid of. That is a persistent memory. That's how awful it was for me to hear that. And she worked really hard to be delicate about it. Like, those moments stick with kids.
1: I guess in one way that's a really good source of horror for dealing with kids. Like, staying away from a lot of the ways that the the books and the canon have dealt with kids because they generally just use them as a, look, something terrible happened to a kid. This guy's obviously a bad guy kind of cheap shot. Um, But, like, especially with changelings because they're so volatile to start with, even as adults. Children are super volatile and you know, the lessons they learn from their environment are almost never the lessons their adults are trying to teach them.
0: Yeah, that is that is the truth. Um the other thing that I'd love to see explored more, and it's dropped in the Thalane section in C20 a little bit because they have to talk about the seemings with in relation to the Thalane but I'd really like to see some like solid exploration of the sociopathy of innocence in Childer like it was a few years ago and there was this Rainbow Bright Nihilista Frank meme going around oh yeah I I saw that yeah and it was Rainbow Bright riding a unicorn and the text was something awful about like crushing her enemies um like bloody corpses under the hooves of her it it was something ridiculous i'm probably misquoting it but i looked at it and i went oh my god i want to play leon and childer and this is before c20 came out so we're talking like second edition leon and childer and there are just there are a lot of things about the way the houses are written up about the way some of the kiths are written up where they just never the kids all dealt with childer, but a lot of the houses didn't. They never talked about what does a childer Dougal look like? What does a childer huh, look like? They focused entirely on the big picture adult war, but like, what does a childer Belorian look like? And they have absolutely no cultural control around what do I do with the fact that I can pick up cold iron and everyone else is way more susceptible to it than I am. Or like the second edition Leon and Rhapsody Cycle, but I'm seven. I mean, and those are things, those people exist. When you look at stories from like mass murderers and what were they like as children? Those are real things in the world and they're great fodder for horror. They're really easy to do wrong. They're really easy to just roll over and turn into to camp slasher. Okay, it's a kid but you can do them authentically and if you can get that stone cold your players believe that kid could exist in the world and what will they become when they grow up man that is just that's the sweet spot right there mhm even
1: just like even if you're squeamish about stuff like that what about the kid is actually good but they have an imaginary friend who
0: tells them to do bad things Oh my God! Cold iron chimera haunting Canaan children is oh, like I a was just thinking chronicle. of a normal chimera. <laughs> oh well, I mean, you know. <laughs> normal chimera could also the normal chimera would just be i'm just a bit of a nightmare chimera and i'm gonna make you do terrible things but like the cold eye the cold iron chimera i'm feeding your dreams because i'm a chimera but also mm, no not today like that becomes a whole thing um yeah i really like that i need to think about that more
1: Feeling that Peter was on his way back, the Neverland had again woken to life. We ought to use the pluperfect and say wakened, but woke is better and was always used by Peter. In his absence, things are usually quiet on the island. The fairies take an hour longer in the morning, the beasts attend to their young, the Indians feed heavily for six days and nights, and when pirates and lost boys meet, they surely bite their thumbs at each other. But with the coming of Peter, who hates lethargy, they are underway again. If you put your ear to the ground now, you would hear the whole island seething with life. On this evening, the chief forces of the island were disposed as follows. The Lost Boys were out looking for Peter. The Pirates were out looking for the Lost Boys. The Indians were out looking for the Pirates. And the Beasts were out looking for the Indians. They were going round and round the island, but they did not meet because all were going at the same rate. All wanted blood, except the boys, who liked it as a rule, but tonight were out to greet their captain. The boys on the island vary, of course, in numbers, according as they get killed and so on, and when they seem to be growing out, which is against the rules, Peter thins them out. And it's worth saying that um, the the old canon, pre-C20 version of Children is different from the current version of Children in a couple of meaningful ways.
0: Yeah. So in Changeling 1st edition and 2nd edition, Childer were really Childer, and they had a crap load of glamour and they had very little willpower like one yeah it was one dot of willpower Um, and
1: i think one dot of banality
0: yeah um and it did this weird thing where i'm a childer okay i have like five glamour to start with i think it was but then grumps only had like two or three or maybe even one to start with i forget because i haven't played second edition in so long i think but if you three yeah, but if you leveled your character, if you actually used the systems to progress from childer into the later stages, it's not like you lost glamour. It didn't. It really didn't line up with the character development rules at all.
1: Um, yeah, I don't remember if yeah. I headcannoned that or if I actually read something somewhere where it was like, this is what happens at life stage changes. But there I was always. Am- a life,
0: yeah, there was a life stage change. Or, like, a, you get a banality, so boom, you just change seeming, yeah. which had weird, like, you age suddenly implications. It was it was a strange system. I'm yeah. happy leaving it in the past. Um, yeah, and the
1: probably beyond the low banality and high glamour, the biggest benefit kids had was they were either immune to bedlam or they were immune to, like, bedlam first
0: threshold, because it was thresholds back then. And that's a pretty huge thing. Yeah, especially back then, it was much easier to fall into Bedlam, and especially if you only had one willpower, because the Bedlam and um, basically chimerical death systems were all about balancing your glamour and your willpower and your banality, and Childer sort of started out at Threshold 1, depending on how they spent their free beats, um, so I think they had to put that in there to just make starting Childer viable.
1: Yeah, and then in so that was that was second edition. (laughs) Now in C twenty, Seeming's got a almost a complete revamp. They're much the difference between Seemings is much less systematized. I feel like, um, because it's it's like a point of glamour or, or a point of willpower, which honestly is a good move. The power difference between children and adults was wild because anyway um it was just (laughs) wild and um the the difference really boils down to outlook or maybe resilience more
0: than outlook yeah and i really liked that change because one you can play a childlike character, you can play a very low banality character who is above the age of 11, which is great. Um it opened up the possibility for characters like the old man who lives next door in the little prince as a childer and i adore that. Um you know, it's still and it also it also did a very elegant thing in that it left the door open to play children, but it no longer systematically benefited playing children. Which I think is really important, I mean, you can play a child vampire, you can play a child wraith very easily, um in fact, getting into children and horror, or striplings or an entire class of villains, um child specters by droves um and you can play a child mage. The implication i've always seen in the way they wrote werewolf is first change happens around puberty, mhm, yup, puberty.
2: What Uh, about Metis?
0: Well, that's true. Um, It's been a while since I've looked at Werewolf. I I don't remember if the Metis go through first change the same way. Yeah, because I thought they were like born in Krinos. They might be. So that might be a place for it. Um, I never saw the age dynamic particularly emphasized there, but that does certainly open the door. To playing a child werewolf. Although, mm-hmm. talk about setting up that terrible things always happen to children in these games. Yeah, like, no kidding. I, I cannot imagine any child met us with a, a childhood worth having. <laughs> anyway, werewolf. Um, but I mean, more or less, the door is open if you want to make that character, if you want to tell that story. But it's not it's not explicitly called out. You know, at the same time in the anthology, they did have at least one child changeling show up. Um, you know, you're still coming from a game where children show up in a fair bit of the fiction. Um, you know, one child story i had forgotten is in the second edition fiction. It opens in a playground with a bunch of children. So- I loved kind that of, one. Yeah, that was a really good story. And um, it had like the right mix of sadness too. Yeah, it really did, Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing, is when you deal with the tragedy of Changeling, because Changeling is so much tragedy, Um, sometimes pushed to tragedy as horror, but sometimes just straight-up Greek tragedy, that with children plays so beautifully, Um, yeah, I, I just, I like the way all of that develops.
1: So you know the World of Darkness canon a little bit better than I do. Well, honestly, probably a lot better than I do. Um, Does the canon use children in any of the other games?
0: Rarely. Um, The one instance that really comes to mind is um, Dante in Mage. Dante awakened in the womb, and so he was born... He was born a mage. and Awkward. Uh, yeah, oh, awkward indeed. Um, but while that's part of his story, I don't tend to see him depicted as a child, because by the time the mage canon he was a part of hit in the 90s, he was an adult. Um, so there's kind of this implied backstory there, but I don't think it's ever the center of a narrative. Um Similarly, like, they're props, but you have Halel's children. Um, But again, like, the first Cabal is in the midst of falling apart, and Halel and the Verbena from the Cabal, who is the mother, and I'm forgetting her name. I can go down a bunch of the names in that Cabal, but the Verbena is, is escaping me right now. You know, she gives birth to twins, and then they're mysteriously lost. Like, they never really... They're a prop. They're a plot hook. They aren't realized in the narrative. Um... Like, even in real life, I feel like...
1: If I was just going to sit down and write a story that's centered around a kid... Like, unless I was writing something fairly banal... You end up with things that you probably don't want happening to kids... Like I'm thinking of the the kids' books I really liked. Um what were they called? Like the railway children? And like as a kid I was yes. always like, This is awesome. They don't have any parents and they live in a boxcar and as an box adult. Boxcar kids.
0: Yeah. The box the boxcar children. Oh my god, I read those. I had completely forgotten about those books.
1: <laughs> right. And they're like super happy most of the time. And like as an adult, I'm looking back on those memories and I'm like, Wow, I liked really bad shit happening to kids
0: yeah it's it's true or you know let's talk about where the red fern grows which is a book i loved as a child but i mean seriously or my side Um, of the mountain yeah um or you know the changeling game i'm running right now is um high you know great depression and it's a little bit inspired by carnival but it's also heavily inspired by the journey of natty and. Oh, yeah, I remember that a little bit. Yeah, maybe a bit subconsciously, the boxcar children. You know, there there, there is this phenomenon there of children exist in all these places. You know, when we started doing the outline for this episode, I also started thinking about where are all the places that, like, children and horror intersect in pop culture? And the list we came up with was not short. Um,
1: yeah, and even, like... It's its weird that I haven't seen this movie, but it's occupying so much of my brain space lately, but Brightburn is actually a really good
0: changeling bad guy. It is. I haven't seen that yet either. its It's probably on my list of things to watch soon, but... There's Brightburn. There are things like Star versus the Forces of Evil, um, which gets into some horrory places, but more just like really deep, messy societal statement places in relation to kids being there. Um, yeah, I
1: remember her freaking out about not knowing what kids her age do.
0: <laughs> That was great. Yes. Oh, that was that was so amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, just like fascism, racism, fascism, fascism, racism and not understanding not, any of it. Yeah, and just thinking I can fix it. And and the thing is she didn't get to fix it. Like in every other story that I can think of growing up in the 80s and 90s, like you go up against the fascist force and you overthrow them and in star Like, you kind of feel maybe we're going to do that, and then that is not what happens.
1: No, she... (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting that you mention that, because by the end of it, I was like, okay, they fixed it. And you're right, like, the solution... Not the solution, the resolution that came up really only fixed
0: the source of the power that made the problem possible correct and it isn't like an accidental thing that you have to come to they kind of scream it at you in the last episode when the final villain does not die she's been stripped of all of her power and she walks off with this sort of victorious speech and everyone's just staring at her like giving her dirty looks but everything she says is true and it's just like oh 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 I mean it's the show does not shy away from the awful of what they're doing or the fact that kids live in that and have to deal with it and have to somehow grow up to be decent humans without just being it. Um, in a way, yeah, that no, that, no that, kids' shows dealt with at my age.
1: Yeah, and that bit where Star has to like come to terms with the fact that she makes decisions that her mother very clearly did not and mm-hmm. that they have a very different set of priorities in life... Like I could have watched a whole nother season where they're just trying to sort
0: that out. Yeah, it's true. Um I I liked that they that it was there in the last season and that it got built up. And I I love the idea of the butterflies as a a way to model a she house. You know, we've talked a lot about how we sort of view the she as, as misplayed and kind of villains you know the one thing i'll say about the she and the, the reason i view them the way i do is they are the kiss of privilege like they're written that way it's, it's flat out said mm-hmm. you know boggins are the fey of house and home knockers are the fae of tinkering and innovation etc cetera, etc cetera. the she are the fae of privilege and privilege corrupts you know i grew up and my mother's mantra to me was power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely I got that on repeat growing up. And so uh, that's how I view the she. But there's also a really fascinating story there for a star-like character. For uh, I love you, you're my mother, you're my grandmother, I, I respect you, I love you, I want to fix the world. Oh God, but I'm privileged too and I have to deal with it. And like, oh, that's a banality trigger. And can like I fix things before trying to like checking my own privilege literally unmakes me because that's what my face soul is like there is this setup where no she is capable of totally overcoming their privilege without being unmade by that process and what can they do on that journey while they still have access to their power that is entirely Star versus the Forces of Evil like that's the entire series and I'm down for that story but you really gotta lean into accepting what the face hole in that person really is.
2: Dear, dear, how queer everything is today. And yesterday, things went on just as usual. I wonder if I've been changed in the night. Let me think, was I the same when I got up this morning? I almost think I can remember feeling a little different But if I'm not the same, the next question is, who in the world am I? Oh, that's the great puzzle. And she began thinking over all the children she knew, that were of the same age as herself, to see if she could have been changed for any of them. I'm sure I'm not Ada, she said, for her hair goes in such long ringlets, and mine doesn't go in ringlets at all. And I'm sure I can't be Mabel, for I know all sorts of things. And she... Oh... She knows so very little. Besides, she's she, and I'm I, and oh dear, how puzzling it all is. I'll try if I know all the things I used to know. Let me see. Four times five is twelve, and four times six is thirteen, and four times seven is oh dear, I shall never get to twenty at that rate. However, the multiplication table doesn't signify. Let's try geography. London is the capital of. "'Paris, and Paris is the capital of Rome, and Rome... "'No, oh, no, that's all wrong, I'm certain. "'I must have been changed for Mabel. Um, I'll, "'I'll try and say how doth the little.' "'And she crossed her hands on her lap, as if she were saying lessons, "'and began to repeat it, but her voice sounded hoarse and strange, "'and the words did not come the same as they used to. "'How doth the little crocodile improve his shining tail?' the waters of the Nile on every golden scale. How cheerfully he seems to grin, how neatly spread his claws, and welcome little fishes in with gently smiling jaws. I am sure those are not the right words, said poor Alice, and her eyes filled with tears again as she went on. I must be Mabel after all, and I shall have to go and live in that poky little house and have next to no toys to play with and, oh, ever so many lessons to learn. No, I've made up my mind about it. If I'm Mabel, I'll stay down here. It'll be no use their putting their heads down and saying, come up again, dear. I shall only look up and say, who am I then? Tell me that first, and then, if I like being that person, I'll come up. If not, I'll stay down here till I'm somebody else. But, oh, dear cried Alice with a sudden burst of tears I do wish they would put their heads down I'm so very tired of being all alone here
0: I think it might even be worth mentioning some of the other like media pieces that we we brainstormed because you know the other thing we've talked about playing children but also there's this place where children in horror, as media to show children, is a major part of the world. And it's a lot of people don't like looking at it like OG rated. But it's, it's worth taking a moment to say, oh, these are all these stories and they all really work for Changeling. Um, out of our list, I've sort of talked about one. What was your favorite? Like, what's the one that really resonated for you from the stuff we brainstormed?
1: you know honestly the one that gets me as like the best fit for changeling is the video game kindergarten which i mean to be honest i've only watched a let's play of it but it's got this weird like it's very it's very much meant to be a comedy but it's got this weird like groundhog day repeat thing going on where you keep living the same monday of kindergarten over and over and over again And you are constantly involved in killing at least one of your classmates. And it's played for comedy, but it's got a really interesting, like, chimerical death and the no ramifications thing of childhood make-believe that I feel like there's a really good changeling story maybe just a couple of weeks after that where you know, you all come back to the playground, and, you know, Billy or Janie doesn't come out of chimerical death, and you can't figure out why, and then a couple of days or weeks later, they finally do, and they won't talk about what what happened, and... Like, do you really want to investigate that? Because you're kids, and kids are super curious, but at the same time, it's going to be your first real experience with
0: what really sucks about life. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have not seen that game or played it, but as you described it, I realized, like, the ultimate children in horror thing that we didn't put on this list is Higurashi no Nakokoro ni. Um, which has some similar notes to that story where you start out and it's intentionally bright, shiny, bubbly, laughy shoujo with junior high kids and this is fun. And then like you slowly descend in a murderous, bloody rampage and then the like ultimate manifestation of death and whoever the murderer is happens and then it starts over. Oh it plays right. out. Didn't we watch a couple episodes of that? We watched a couple episodes of it and the first season is just that. There are like three, four episode arcs that are about one of the main characters becoming a murderer and killing everyone, and then it starts over, and this next time it's a different character, and it goes through the whole season, and it ends, and you're like, what did I just watch? Aside from, like, the bloody psychopath and me being very satisfied right now, what did I just watch? And then the second season is... Here is the cosmological atrocity that was committed in relation to the goddess of this land that is why this is happening. And yes, these kids are living through each of these realities subsequently. They just don't get to remember. But don't worry, the trauma is still there. But one of them does get to remember. And she can't tell anyone. And there are reasons. And it's very (laughs) changeling. Oh, it's awful. It's it's awful in a way that makes me very happy (laughs) because I'm a terrible person.
1: Um, no kidding after the first (laughs) round of somebody becoming a murderer I think I turned to somebody and was like okay I can't watch any more of this
0: yeah that is more or less the way I remember that going Um, but it is very changeling the loss of memory between lives the replaying cycles the slight tweaks in who you are and trying to reshape yourself out of an inevitability and it's all centered on kids and it all is very authentic feeling um it's a very japanese anime in a way that i only know a few americans that really like it um it did get licensed here uh the translation of the name is um when the cicadas cry um which again doesn't really translate to american we get meaningful cicadas once every 17 years they get them every summer um <laughs> so and they're loud Yes, and this particular, like, group of children it, are just trapped in that moment, like, that season, and that's what they're reliving over and over, and it's a major sound effect in the series. It's it's beautifully done, and it's awful. Um, You know, but that, again, makes me think of, like, where do you put children in a changeling story? There's a very good infrastructure there, maybe toning the bloodbath down a little bit. Or not, if you're just using chimerical death. That is true. You can get really gruesome with chimerical death. Um, yeah. No, yeah. that is that is legitimate. But yeah, the ones you
1: came up with, I think probably the example I liked the best that you came up with was Return to Oz, because that is a really fucked
0: up movie. <laughs> it is. So I Yeah, I grew up reading the Oz books with my mother. We got through probably two-thirds of them. Um, before my sister was born and we didn't have time to read them together anymore. Um, and Return to Oz is nothing Baum ever wrote. They like took two or three things from the second book two or three things from the third book and like a thing from the fourth book slapped it into a story that bore no resemblance to any of them and went, boom, have a movie because public domain. <laughs> um, and it's messed up. Mombie with like the heads that she ripped off maidens and she wears and like... Dorothy, you know, possibly getting her head harvested and then, like, having to sneak into the hall of heads with all the mirrors. I mean, that is some legitimate keep-you-up-at-night horror, even for adults. And I lapped it up as a kid. Um, I didn't appreciate how awful that opening scene with the electroshock was as a child either. Yeah, I saw that first time as an adult. adult
1: And, (laughs) like, the... I don't, there's something later in the movie that calls back the appearance of the electroshock machine. And I was just
0: like, nope, I'm done here. TikTok, tock. tock was intentionally designed to look like the electroshock machine. <laughs> and the the nurse who was going to do the electroshock became Mombi, And the doctor was the voice of the gnome king. So like, there were all sorts of little tidbits from that scene that is meant to make you feel awful that are just scattered through Oz.
1: Yeah, and that one, that one's going to another video game. That one's a little bit like I remember the ending to American McGee's Alice being. Because it's super changeling, especially in the second game, where Alice is kind of a teenager, maybe an adult at this point, but she's really stunted. And she's constantly flicking between... The real world where she's like circling the drain in a weird self-destruction loop and then she's back in wonderland but wonderland is also becoming terrible but it's easier to deal with because it's wonderland and she's the hero there and then by the end reality and wonderland like slam into each other and in this amazing gut punch for a weird platformer game where it's just like okay She's worked out her problems, and she's still absolutely a loony.
0: I haven't played Alice, um, but I've seen a little bit about it. And uh, yeah, it's, it is it is interesting how that plays out. And uh, that that sort of tension between like, oh, growing up or not growing up or being stunted... Um, I feel like that's a really good theme, and I feel like that actually plays into the C20 version of seeming really well. Like, I'm at an age where I shouldn't be like this anymore, but I am. <laughs> and yeah, there's a there's a place for that. And even having a child who's maybe not in that place anymore, um, you know, I, not to get into details... Too far into details but like i've had that conversation with my husband where he had to be an adult as a child and very much now if he's not in a place where he has to be responsible he intentionally has a somewhat childlike air and um that's that's something he kind of does on purpose because he's like no i didn't get to do this when i was younger so fuck all of you and your social conventions i don't care <laughs> um and that's that's a dynamic that I think is also really worth tapping and exploring, and it has interesting relationships with banality.
1: Yeah, an easier place to do the, the, the childhood thing, I think, for people in Changeling or World of Darkness generally, is as a flashback, as a way to inform this is why this character is the way it is, because with even just the narrative distance it's a little bit less awful and a little bit easier to deal with when something bad happens to a kid. I remember having an experience where I was talking to, and this is, this, this totally belies the thing I just said, but I remember having an experience where I was talking to somebody and they told me about something that happened to them as a kid. And my response to that ended up being something I talked about with my therapist because I was like okay I actually like his mother but hearing that story about what she let happen to him kind of made me violently angry and I'm a little bit ashamed of that reaction because she's not that person anymore but I still kind of want to go
0: back in time and kill her. Yeah, Um, you know, and I think when I think about the terrible things happening to children, and that being a bit of a trope, I can't help but think the way to tackle that in the world of darkness is to not pretend that children are fragile because they're not fragile creatures. I mean... If you're dealing with an infant or a toddler, okay, yeah, they are. But even by five or six, kids are shockingly resilient. If a terrible thing happens to them, they will experience trauma. They will maladapt to cope with it, and they will build defense mechanisms that grow way beyond their usefulness just because you've inserted that into a thing that's growing very rapidly, both psychologically and physically, and it will grow along with it, but they won't crumble. Not really. Um, and uh, I feel like when I when I look through this list of media, like where do kids live in these stories, Stranger Things is a perfect example. While it's not a particularly changeling story, the way the kids interact, the way the kids engage with this fantastic world they're discovering is very changeling. Um, you know, Unico, The Island of Magic, if anyone has seen it, it gets into some real deep, horrible things happening to children, really psychologically twisted horrible things happening to children. But the thing about these stories is the kids are treated as fully actualized characters and they get to adapt to them and they get to have trauma as a result of them and work through that and live through that. It's not just, haha, I'm going to get a reaction from people by doing terrible things to a child and you have to see the child, you know, suffer and die. It's a world of darkness story. Horrible things happen to everybody but let the kids experience it and work through it the same way the adults do, and I think the stories will end up working. That reminds me
1: of a, a Neil Gaiman short story that I'm not remembering the name of right now, but it was, a very, it was very unlike most of his other writing. It was completely mundane. It was the story of these two kids. I think they were both boys in... I want to say maybe middle school, but it could have been high school where they just keep, I don't remember what they were doing exactly, but they were like meeting up and doing something they weren't supposed to, like smoking or drinking or something. And that was it. Like pretty tame. But through the course of the story, and it's fairly short, but through the course of the story, one of the kids reveals to the other one that it was a private school that, um, one of the priests had been molesting him And it's presented in a very strange to me as an adult way, because as an adult, I'm like, oh my god, that's terrible. But Gaiman actually did a really good job of getting into the way kids react to things. And it's the kid who's telling the story tells it in a very like matter of fact, this is the thing that happened. This is the thing that is continuing to happen. I'm okay with it, I guess, because I have to be, and nothing's going to change. And that's
0: that weird, malformed resilience. Yeah, um, and I, I remember that. This is less childhood and more like cusp of adulthood, but I was in high school. I would have probably been a freshman at this point, so 15, um... And one of my friends or no, it was a little bit later than that. It was later in high school, but one of my friends told me about a guy who had raped her. Um and I just like bubbled up with rage inside and I expressed none of it. I expressed absolutely none of it. Because I had no idea how to express it. And like, this is the thing, this is the state of existence. And I don't have an action that I can like I can't influence it. I don't I don't I and I just kind of like went into this mode of like in being incapable of acting. And I remember seeing him at a graduation thing or something, and I remember again, just being like bubbling up filled with rage because I knew like that was the guy and being completely incapable of doing anything with any of that. And the thing is because kids are so used to deferring to authority, I can do a thing, I can't do a thing. They said this, I, I exist in this structure um, that I have no say over. Like as an adult, yeah, I have a structure. I have to go to work. I have to like work out if I want to stay healthy given my age. But like ultimately it's my choice. I can ditch that if I want. They're just repercussions. But as a kid, you don't see that repercussion outline. You just see the structure and you don't realize you can move beyond it. And I think that's a lot of where that that reaction comes from in children And playing that out in the world of darkness has some really fascinating implications, Um, especially in Changeling, where you have Chimera and other things influencing children. And if you have players who are willing to really invest in that, my character would accept this because that's how children engage, and they probably wouldn't bring it up with the rest of the Motley. And And the Motley can't turn on me and be like, oh my god, you betrayed me the way they could with a, another Wilder or a Grump, it opens up a lot of really fascinating possibilities, especially if like, that child represents a major skill set requirement in The Motley. like They are a substantial part of the team, but also a kid. And not like a fishmalk, not a hee-hee, I'm a wacky seven-year-old, but like playing being a kid and being traumatized when they realize they did something wrong and like looking up to and wanting pay attention to me senpai you know the wilder in the group there are a lot of really interesting dynamics there Um,
1: yeah even this is a place where there's a lot of really good cross game compatibility because to be honest there are you know some logistical limitations you have to deal with in your storytelling and your playing if you're dealing with somebody who should be in school or whatever because they're a kid but, especially in more historical settings, kids could do a little bit more, and a lot of my my characters who have been children have been in cross-game settings. Uh, one in particular was a child puka, which is getting into everybody's favorite overlap, but she was an orphan who got attached to a black fury because she was a dog puka. So they were like, Oh, it's just a weird bone Gnar. And she was the group healer. And it was, it was really adorable because the way her bunk for healing people was playing make believe doctor. So she'd like pretend to put a, a thermometer in somebody's mouth, and then she'd pull it out and be like, see, you're fine, and then they would actually be fine (laughs) because of the healing
0: thing in 2nd edition, but... Oh my god, and that would totally work with the healing thing in C20 as well. Yeah. That Oh, that would be so good.
1: (laughs) It was really fun, and I did play her a, a little bit closer to, like, Milo from Korra than I did, like a kid kid but there were definite moments where she became useless in a moment she really should not have been useless because she was a kid and she had kid feelings
0: yeah and i mean that's that's fair um i don't know i i feel like i, I don't know if Childer get played as much well i know Childer don't get played as much as wilder Um, or maybe even as much as Grumps, but I feel like when they're played, they really contribute something massively important to Changeling. Um, And the thing that was interesting that I also thought about after, you know, leaving that conversation at Gen Con about, oh, people don't really want to play children, et cetera, we'll have, you know, we'll do something, but it's too far out, we don't know what, is Chronicles of Darkness has the Innocence product, which is a book that is just about playing children. It is just play Stranger Things, play Unico the Isle of Magic. You are just children stuck in the Chronicles of Darkness, It's the entire reason for the book. And it's been greenlit for a second edition. That work hasn't started on that yet, but it's on the Onyx Path list of stuff that is far enough along that they can talk about publicly, which means White Wolf is okay with it being produced. And that holds that story place in the Chronicles of Darkness. And I feel like changeling holds this story place in the world of darkness and it could be tapped more broadly even than it is for changeling. But I feel like it's a really integral part of the genres that these game lines hit.
1: Yeah. It's, it's weird because you can go into two different general directions with kids in a game in any world of darkness game. Really? Um, You know, the kid is your, the group heart and everybody kind of takes care of the kid and the kid kind of inspires everybody. And you know, they do something else too, but you know, it's the linchpin, it's the linchpin character. And then you can go the other way where you end up with that amoral, you don't even want to call it a power hungry kid. It's a demanding kid, I guess, who ends up pushing the group and either one of those is if you play it right with the right group dynamics it's an interesting counterpoint and like it can be an anchor or it can be a kind of a wind in the sails
0: but yeah i you gotta have the right people (laughs) i agree um but i i feel like it's it adds a lot to the story or it can add a lot to the story you know speaking to that you have to have the right people you have to have a group of players who are going to respect a child in that narrative space um and this gets back to setting expectations with your players you know you can be the best storyteller in the world you can be perfectly attuned to telling these sorts of stories if you have that one player who just doesn't respect children and like is quicked out by children and uncomfortable with them for whatever reason, they'll break that story apart. Um, you know, so it is, it is a delicate area to explore. Uh, it doesn't feel like the sort of thing you need to pre-negotiate, but I kind of feel like it is for different reasons than pre-negotiating societal horror, maybe. Um, but I do really like what it opens up. I, I also feel like there's a really interesting horror place for children, and, and beyond the stuff we were talking about earlier, I had a character concept, and this was not for PC fodder, I wanted to do this as an NPC at some point, of pairing a Nagaraja with a ghast child as siblings, you know, and the Nagaraja being, um, and for people who don't know, because we might have changeling players listening who aren't really vampire players, the Nagaraja are one of the the necromantic bloodlines in vampire and they have to eat flesh they can't drink blood they have to eat bodies oh and i so, remember them i liked them yeah i, I really like the nagaraja a lot um and they're generally npc villain fodder but not always and i like the idea of a nagaraja being embraced against his will so this isn't some you were pruned and developed and you're going to be a good nagaraja this is just maybe just a, a hate embrace which is a thing that happens and then you have to deal with this horrible Flaw about having to actually eat people. You can't really do the delicate bite and survive thing. I know I got to take your leg, and really struggling with it. And him having a younger sister who is an uncrystallized ghast, and she walks in on him eating someone. And instead of being horrified, she crystallizes, and she has that you know natural surgeon birthright, but she's seven. And she sees how her brother is struggling, and so she does the very heartwarming thing, and she helps him. Oh, no, I can do this in a way where, the, where they'll survive, and you'll get the really good meats. And they have this whole relationship going, and she's awful. She's a Thaline. I mean, like, seven-year-old, gassed everything that represents— but she has this weirdly productive, legitimately loving relationship with her older brother who is a Nagaraja and just like, have the players engage with that. But play it as earnestly as I possibly can. And I just, I don't know when the moment is, but I want to do that so badly.
1: dare you, she whispered. How dare you make this a decision for us both! Do you know how I despise you? Do you know that I despise you with a passion that eats at me like a canker? Her small form trembled, her hands hovering over the pleated bodice of her yellow gown. Don't you look away from me. I am sick at heart with your looking away, with your suffering. You understand nothing. Your evil is that you cannot be evil, and I must suffer for it. I will suffer no longer! Her fingers bit into the flesh of my wrist. I twisted, stepping back from her, floundering in the face of that hatred, the rage rising like some dormant beast in her, looking out through her eyes, snatching me from mortal hands like two grim monsters in a nightmare fairy tale, you idle, blind parents! Fathers! She spat the word. Let tears gather in your eyes. You haven't tears enough for what you've done to me. Six more mortal years, seven, eight, and I might have had that shape. Her pointed finger flew at Madeleine, whose hands had risen to her face, whose eyes were now clouded over. Her moan almost Claudia's name. But Claudia did not hear her. Yes, that shape. I might have known what it was to walk at your side monsters to give me immortality in this hopeless guise this helpless form the tears stood in her eyes the words had died away drawn in as it were on her breast now you give her to me She said, her head bowing, her curls tumbling down to make a concealing veil, "'You give her to me! You do this, or you finish what you did to me that night in the hotel in New Orleans! "'I will not live with this hatred any longer! I will not live with this rage! I cannot! I will not abide it!' And tossing her hair, she put her hands to her ears as if to stop the sound of her own words, her breath drawn in rapid gasps, the tears streaming to scald her cheeks. Oh, She shook her head now, squeezing the tears out onto her cheeks. Her teeth clenched tight together. I love you still. That's the torment of it. that I never loved. But you. The measure of my hatred is that love. They are the same. And you know now how much I hate you. She flashed at me through the red film that covered her eyes. Yes. being in second edition where i think it was like directly mentioned when they were talking about the different seemings but in second edition children just ravaged they couldn't do anything else and that feels pretty appropriate to me i mean just remembering the way other people who weren't me acted on the playground. I can totally understand where that came from.
0: I feel like children would ravage a good 90% of the time. Um, I have some pretty inspiring memories of childhood, Um, but they were rare. Um, I feel like Childer would muse on accident it's not like, I am going to go out and muse. I know what inspiration is. It's like, I'm a child, I can tap into these, these unimaginable wells of glamour, and yes, I will inspire dreamers, but like I won't know I'm doing it, and maybe I won't even know to come back and get the glamour, but somewhere along the way, as I grow up, I will realize I was doing a thing, and I will do it intentionally, but it would be a slow, plotting thing, whereas Ravaging is a thing that would come totally naturally to children. Yeah, that makes sense. I was, as you
1: were talking, I was like, well, I don't know, I don't think, as a kid, like, I had the empathy to understand when I was inspiring somebody, and then you kept going, and I was like, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I could also see that being a really engaging place for parental relationships among changelings, because that's another thing that I've only seen touched on occasionally the c20 short story with the dragon kid and the child puka does kind of intentionally tap those dynamics but you know when you talk about fostering okay i chrysalize at six or seven the local changeling community hears my chrysalis feels my chrysalis they come and they go cool seven-year-old kid parents how do we do this without looking creepy all right, and, you know, then it's like, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'm here to apply for that babysitting job that you had posted. Shame about what happened to your last babysitter because your kid needs to learn about the chimerical birds and bees. You know, those are things that would need to happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and there are different ways to go about that. You know, the easy, lazy way is... An uncle, a forgotten aunt, a cousin three times removed. You could almost have an entire chronicle about how you insinuate the motley into this kid's life. Yeah. Or you could just have the she roll in and sovereign the parents.
0: Well, yeah, I don't find that story nearly as interesting. Oh, I find Um, the consequences of that story fascinating. I would be all about that being in the backstory. I don't really care about role-playing through it, but yeah, the the having to do it delicately is interesting, especially if there are no Kinane in the kid's immediate family. Because mm-hmm. um, again, Kinane aren't just blood relatives of Changeling. It's that one blood relative that could have been a Changeling, but no Faisal, took up residence. Okay, I guess you know, we're doing this thing now. Where my immediate family is banal as get out, but Aunt Cindy gets me. Yeah, Um, I had one character who used that as part of his
1: backstory. He was his aunt's reincarnation, and she willed everything to him, having figured out that he was going to be her reincarnation. Ooh, soothsay. It's a bitch.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) None
1: of the family liked that, because she was loaded. That's kind of amazing, though. Yeah, he had a drinking problem. It was great. So there's this moment in... um, in Cardcaptor Sakura's newer season where, um, for people who don't know, Cardcaptor Sakura is a magical girl anime where this girl has magical powers that are passed down the family line, but nobody in her family uses magic. And in the more recent season, she's figured out how to do a time control spell and she's gone back in time to get to know her mother who she never met because uh, her mother died when she was like two. While she's doing this, she's like, she's watching an illusion of the past, so it shouldn't be able to interact with her. But then her mother, like, turns, puts her hand on her hand, and says, no more of this. You won't be able to go back. And it was one of those, like, this was supposed to be touching, but I am creeped the fuck out moments. (laughs) It was really good. And that's total changeling with Cronus.
0: Yeah, that is total. I love. Oh man, I love the idea of giving Kronos to a child.
1: Like oh God, yeah.
0: What would a child
1: do with Kronos? You know what a child would do with Kronos? Did you ever play the first Sands of Time game?
0: No, I didn't.
1: So it was the really, really good one, and then the second one was really bad, and then the third one was kind of good again. But in the first one, the 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 framing device around it is that the prince has broken into Farah's bedroom before all of this Uh happens and is telling her the story of what happened before he rewound time. It has this really clever kind of funny way of dealing with game overs where if you screw up and you don't have any sand and you can't rewind time anymore, he comes over in narration and he says something like, no, no, that's not the way it happened. Hang on. Or, no, I saved her, or something like that.
0: Yep. And that is totally what a kid would do. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely what a kid would do. Um, God, yes. I mean, I also imagine what it would be like if you gave the, sa- the seasonal arts to a child. Like, I mean, they the kind birth- of have them already they kind of do but like flora's lava that's probably <laughs> autumn right <laughs> that's that's probably autumn i i'm thinking of more like the emotion level in each seasonal art mm-hmm. like especially especially the i get to make an emotion emerge in you in spring like mm-hmm. i'm a 7 year old and this is authentic like there's there's a very heartwarming version of this that mm-hmm. is yay i'm playful and this is the spring and i'm doing this thing and i make you feel young again and then there's the you said no no, you don't want to say no. You want to come play with me. Let's go play. Come that play with real, us. Yeah, that gets really abusive. And, like, yeah. that walking in and, like, having that emotionally ravaged, um, like, governess, if mm-hmm. we're going in that, like, invoking that high feudal, you know, those futile aspects, like, oh, this is my governess. And the governess is, like, smiling and acting really invigorated, but, like, in her eyes is nothing but exhaustion. The special the child, kind of dead in the eyes. Yeah, like, the child won't let her stop being happy because I need you to be happy because I'm not happy. The child ravaged to happy, really. Happy. Yeah, I mean, with spring. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. And, and I, oh, my God, there was one time I was out, like, trick or treating with my friend's kids and we'd just like gone to the end of the street and back because they were really little and Kess, both of their kids are super weird but this time it was Kess, and like there was this one house on the block that like didn't have any decorations up and none of the lights were on and it looked kind of like a murder house like it was just
2: oh
0: no
1: it was perfectly banal it was like where a serial killer would hide and she's like, that house is really spooky. We should ring the doorbell. And all of us, all of the adults there, were like, no, I don't think they want to be bothered. And she was like, we won't know until we try. And we were all like, oh nope,
0: we're going home. I would have done that as a child. <laughs> or like, I would love to play a childer with metamorphosis and no yeah. boundary, like no boundaries, because I just think back oh my to. God. And and to get into stories that most people would think are inappropriate with children, but things that happened when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. I just think about moments like my parents told me the story about apparently when I was very, very young. I don't know how this came up in conversation, but for some reason, like the topic of penis came up and I probably am the one who brought the topic up the way kids just Mm -hmm. talk about things because they don't understand taboo. Mm -hmm. And I made some reference to my mother's penis because I did not (laughs) understand biology. (laughs) And my mother, very, like, trying not to laugh and make me feel embarrassed, went, oh, no, I don't, I I don't have one of those. And apparently my response was to stop, get, like, suddenly very solemn, put my hand on on her leg in a comforting manner and say, oh, it's okay, mommy, we'll buy you one. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, like, I think about that story that my parents have told me, and I'm like, what if I had metamorphosis? (laughs) Like, let's give child a metamorphosis and see what happens.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> or even worse, like, metamorphosis and prop?
0: Suddenly oh, make-believe yeah. guns are real? Yeah, they are.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that'd be terrible. Well, I'm not going to pretend that we were hoping we were going to change anybody's mind about how awesome kids are in Changeling, but hopefully we gave the people who do like kids and Changeling some stuff to work with. We'll catch you again next time.